Hi. Okay, let's get started. <clears throat> and welcome to the uh, uh, I'm, uh, Martini uh, version of of this talk after 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 too much drinking and dancing last night. I'm I'm still a little drunk, but it'll make it better. I promise. <laughs> it can't get any worse than, than what it normally is. So. Um, thank you for coming. Um, uh, this is a presentation of, of called "The Sounds of Madness." Um, it's well, let's see. It's 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 bound to be annoying, dull. You know, I pitched this thing yesterday at the uh, at the. Uh, <laughs> you'll be offended if you have a, if there are children in the room. They shouldn't be in the room. There's a lot of there's, I mean, you know, it's, you know it's like people just ranting basically. I mean, it's a, it's, fortunately, it's only an hour and a half long. You're going to want to run out of here by the end of this uh, session screaming. There's terrible things I'm going to play, and, and I, I, need to, I need to let you know in advance that, that these are not the, uh, the views of, of uh, uh, the Third Coast Festival, the Hotel Orrington, the city of Evanston, or, or myself. And seriously, I mean, if, you, if you're bored and, you know, offended and... Just get up and leave. It's not, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Um, my name is Kenneth Goldsmith. And uh, as Kenneth Goldsmith, I run this uh, site that you're looking at here called UberWeb, which is the largest re repository for uh, avant-garde uh, materials on the web. There's a, 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 an enormous amount of... Uh, film, video, audio, uh, outsider, writing, full-length books, blah, 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 blah. But it's basically like one-stop shopping for the avant-garde. And it's ubu.com, and it's deep, 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 and extremely big. Um, and it goes on and on and on. So if you ever need uh, strange or, or challenging material, uh, I, I've, I've been told that a lot of people are dipping... <laughs> Oh, I thought that was just, uh, just me. Um, <laughs> been dipping into this, so, so do check it out. Um, you know, it's funny, I, I sold this thing, you know, they told, they told, you had to go up yesterday during breakfast and like give a 30 second thing about how useful this was going to be. And I have news for you, this is going to be useless to you. So, this will be the most useless session of the of the sessions. Now, quickly to show you some things on UberWeb, there's a 365-day project which you can mine for extremely strange uh, audio. This is a, a guy named Otis Fodder put up, um, uh, asked uh, people with tastes in unusual music and, and thrift store stuff to, you know, to uh, collect one per day, and it was all uh, hosted here in 1993, so it's, it's, it's huge. It's a lot of tons and tons of, uh, of, of, of strange things. Things like I'm a Mormon by Janine Brady. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Another section of the site uh, is, is Aspen Magazine, which many of you may know, which was the first multimedia magazine in a box. It, was, it came in a box and, and, it, and it had, had uh, records and films. This is from the 60s, and this is, say, the minimalism issue. It's the full content of the entire run of, of Aspen Magazine. Um, and, you know, it's everything from Bart to uh, Sontag, Aesthetics of Silence, uh, you know, full, full essays uh, 
of, of these things very beautifully laid out. So if any of you are teaching, this always comes in handy. Um, they also would, would include um, recordings, and this is uh, uh, Jack McGowan reading Beckett and uh, a, a manifesto by Naum Gabo. These were uh, seven-inch flexi discs that, that came with it. There's a, a, a great recording of uh, Feldman doing uh, the, the King of Denmark by, by Max Newhouse realizing it, and of course Cage's Fontana mix. And, and this is just one issue. I mean, it's absolutely, absolutely crazy. Um, you can make your own uh, model here of a, of a Tony Smith sculpture. Um, on and on and on. There's a, a recording of Merce Cunningham, a recording of Duchamp, blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on with Saul LeWitt. Anyway, it's, it's, and here are the films. <laughs> this is a big one. And there, there are 10 of these, 10 of these issues. R films by Richter and uh, Robert Morris and Rauschenberg and people like that, okay. Um, we have a very, very large and extensive film section um, of all avant-garde film and video. Um, it's, it's, it's deep, everything from uh, uh, Yoko Ono's Blink and, 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 and her uh, film Fly, which she does not allow to be shown or distributed. We have it up here. Um, she, had, she hasn't called us on it. And then uh, and the probably largest uh, part of the uh, site is our sound and, and everyone from, from Vito Acconci to Terry Riley to uh, Dick Higgins and, I, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. And they're all MP3s. Look at, look at this, it just goes on and on and within, within that. So anyway, strange stuff. A lot of what I'll be playing today is available there. So this, that is Kenneth Goldsmith. I teach at uh, University of Pennsylvania. I teach uncreative writing. I do, they've hired me to uh, um, teach the kids how to appropriate, plagiarize, and steal. Something that they're very good at except they've never been able to uh, legitimize it in, in the classroom. They've always had to do it quietly. Um, and the other side of me is Kenny G. And um, I do a radio show on WFMU, and I have been doing a radio show for uh, 12 years on WFMU, um, which is the, the uh, nation's oldest freeform radio station. Um, about, it's, it's also the hippest station on the planet. And when I started doing a show, since my name really is Kenny Goldsmith, I thought that I would just take the uh, uh, moniker of Kenny G, uh, just to annoy people, just to really bother them. So in their midst, you know, of the, of the, they think they're so cool and so hip, they have, a, a, they have to deal with a DJ named Kenny G. So, um, about, about that time, we began setting up a, a website on, on, on FMU, and I just had a little page, a very simple page set up, and it said, welcome to Kenny G's homepage, and a little email link. Well, what began to happen was, um, I began to get um, fan mail for the other Kenny G. <laughs> because, you know, people getting on the web, and still to this day, people getting on the web, if you do a Google search for Kenny G, first comes up KennyG.com, and then, because Google puts things that have been there longer, puts them up higher, I'm number two. So people say, oh, that's the official site, and then they go to, then they go to, then they go to my page and say, oh, we found it. Of course, you know, they're looking, they don't even bother to look at the avant-garde playlists or any, you know, they just figure, oh, there's a mail too, and there's, there's, there's Kenny G. Um, and so um, I've been uh, collecting the letters of Kenny G that have been sent to me uh, for many years, and, and, and I'd like to, um, I'd like to uh, share a few of them with you as a way of uh, starting tonight. 
tonight. <laughs> Dear Kenny G, my husband Jim and I have enjoyed your music for many years and are great fans of yours. I'm writing to share a very special experience with you and I sincerely hope you'll take this as a compliment because that's how it was met. Jim and I met in June of 1981. He was six foot tall, me a strapping five foot two. I knew right then and there that he was my soulmate and we would be married one day. Two weeks later, he was seriously injured in a motorcycle accident where he broke his neck and was left a quadriplegic. Oh well, I teased. God just brought you down to my level so I wouldn't have to strain my neck trying to kiss you. Our courtship was in the hospital in the rehab unit and on December 19th, 1981, we were married. We tried to have a family, even pursued fertility specialists to help us conceive, actually did get pregnant, but lost the fetus early in the pregnancy. We were crushed, but decided it didn't matter if we gave birth or adopted. We just wanted a family. We applied at a prominent agency in Seattle. They promptly called us, said we were a perfect couple, good jobs, stable home, excellent references, time to proceed with the home study and the first installment of cash. Since they only asked a general question of health, I said good and didn't elaborate on Roger being confined to a wheelchair. But when the money was to change hands, I decided I'd better let them know the truth. And upon telling the adoption representative, there was dead silence on the phone. I told her to be straight with me, but as you can probably guess, our chances were slim to none of receiving an infant to adopt. We decided to go to the State Child Services Division, and that's where we met our future son, Eddie. What a blessing. We were finally parents. A few years passed by, fertility procedures changed, and it was actually Eddie that asked us one day if he was going to have some brothers and sisters. So we decided to head back over to Seattle and check into new fertility procedures for us. In December of 1995, after a series of at-home hormone injections, monitoring, etc., we were now ready for our 10-day stay in Seattle to proceed with the egg collection, the fertilization procedure, and finally, the eggs were placed inside me, praying for our miracle. And believe it or not, Kenny, this is where you come into the picture. <laughs> you and your beautiful song, Miracles, was playing during these procedures. The doctors, nurses, and medical staff loved the song too, and we prayed we could get another miracle in our life too. Are you ready for this, Kenny? We conceived on our first try. They said we were having twins. We were thrilled. Then at five months along, I looked like I was full term, and the ultrasound showed not two, but five little ones squirming inside me. <laughs> we delivered five beautiful miracles on June 20th, 1996, 30 weeks along in Spokane, Washington. Their names are Charles Edward, Robin Edna, Rachel Mallory, Cynthia Naomi, and Darlene Malia Bonham. Kenny, I've wanted to share this with you for so long and to thank you for the beautiful songs you play and share with us. Our miracles now dance to your music and someday I'll tell them the special story of the Miracles song by Kenny G. With much respect, God bless Jerry Bonham and family. Isn't that, isn't that nice? Now, they're, they're not always that nice. You haven't been offended. I, just by putting this music on, I, th I think I've offended. <laughs> this, is, this is the worst stuff you're going to hear. Okay, this is what, just one more, a short one. Dear Kenny G, you know, I've always tried to distance myself from the controversy surrounding you. 
and your music, meaning all the hits you take because your music is not real jazz, etc. I've always maintained that your music is simply pop music and being labeled a jazz artist is simply because you happen to play the sax. No big deal. After all, as far as I know, you have never claimed what you do is jazz, and I've never had a problem with you, Kenny, until now. <laughs> Upon hearing your fake duet with the late Mr. Louis Armstrong, I was disgusted to say the least. The melding of the two was nothing short of criminal. Louis Armstrong, the undisputed father of jazz, one of the first documented improvisers playing with Kenny G. Did you, Mr. Gorlick, get permission from the late Mr. Armstrong? Somehow it seems highly unlikely, unless you, Mr. Gorlick, are handy with a Ouija board. Where do you, Mr. G, Get off even contemplating such a thing. It would be different if Mr. Armstrong were still alive and can consent to such a thing, but no! You wait until he's dead and can't defend his own music! The almighty dollar triumphs again. What an uncaring, pretentious asshole you are! How dare you do such a thing! What a wonderful world! It sure doesn't seem like it. It sure doesn't seem like it when we have plunderers like Slobodan Milosevic and Kenny G running rampant. <laughs> well, after defending you, Mr. Gorlick, for many years from all the jazz purists, I'm through. No more. You're nothing but an opportunist jerk who plays the same tired-ass licks incessantly and is a fucking grave robber to boot. Screw you. <laughs> Richard Lewiston, Seattle, Washington, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm publishing, I'm actually, I'm actually publishing um, in, in, in um, next year, I'm publishing a uh, book, a collection of those. And I've, 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 I've literally got thousands and thousands of them sent to me. I honed them down to about 500 of the really, really best ones. And then from there, I, I, I whittled them down to even better. So I've got about 150 that are, that are this caliber. And uh, it's going to be problematic because, you know, in copyright law, the, uh, the, 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 the copyright resides with the, in, in, in the letter writing, resides with the uh, person that composed the letter. If Bill Clinton wants to publish a letter I sent him, he's got to get my permission, even though, he, even though it lives in the uh, Clinton Presidential Library. So of course I'm not going to get permission uh, from any of these people. So people are split. They're they're asking me. They're they're, they're sort of saying, uh, well, you know, either you're going your life is screwed, you're going to get entangled in a terrible lawsuit forever, and the other half says you are so marginal to the industry that is Kenny G that they won't even notice. And so, okay. Um, I'm going to start off today with something that I, 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 uh, I, I, I play um, on my uh, radio show. This is uh, by an uh, artist named Jim Roach. Um, and, um, he's, he's a guy from Tallahassee, Florida, and he made a career in the 70s. Um, in, he came to New York and began to sit in, in galleries and, and, and do these performances in galleries where he'd work himself up into, into these sort of trance-like states and he would um, become these sort of southern characters where he was from. And they were really evidently very hypnotic. He made a record, put out an LP of, these, of collected things called Learning to Count, um, which is available on Uber Web. And I'll play some more stuff. A lot of it is really 
um, edgy, but this is sort of a, well, starting off a little bit lighter. This is a piece from 1971 of his called Bubble Blower. Oh, no. Now, I ain't doing it that way. See, here's the deal. I w you misunderstood me because you don't, I, don't, I just don't think you understand, but I want to know how much McCrory's, because that's where I bought it, how much McCrory's will charge me to fix this bubble blower. I want the one that, this is the one I bought, this is the bubble blower I've been using, and this is the bubble blower that I want repaired because I dropped the son bitch and stepped on it. Now, no, you don't, no, I, I don't want a new bubble blower. I don't want a new bubble blower. I only want you to repair the bubble blower that I bought originally. Uh-uh, no, no, I can't do that. Now listen, and you can't do that either. You can't say you can't do that. You can't repair it for me because I bought it here. And y'all stand behind your products. Now, you, you come in, I've got to get it repaired. It's just like a car to me. I mean, I use my bubble blower all the goddamn time. I, well, I'm a pretty good bubble blower. I can blow bubbles pretty goddamn good if you want to know the truth. And I think you now you're beginning to talk, see? You're getting on the thing. That's the deal about the spirituality. The whole thing, you can see. If Okay, I can get a new bubble blower. Let's just say I can get a new bubble blower. But if I get a new bubble blower, it'll blow a few bubbles, right? Oh, you dip it in and blows the goddamn bubble? But it won't have the spirituality of bubbles that the original bubble blower had before I broke it. Now, I, that's why I say I want the original bubble blower back. No, no, I'm not going to do, no. I don't, now listen, you just can't, I cannot go away. You'll just have to call and hire authority on this. I am not leaving the store until I can talk to someone about this matter. I, I don't like you dismissing it that quickly. It's just being, you know, either me trying to come in here and put you on or something. I mean, God damn it, I bought the fucking thing here and I want it, I want it fixed. And I mean it. I, well, it's, fuck you, I don't care if you don't like that end of it. God damn it, a bubble blower is a spiritual fucking thing to me. And I have a right to get mine fixed because I cannot blow my goddamn bubbles as well with a new piece of plastic bullshit bubble blower like you have in your fucking store today. I want my old goddamn bubble blower back. And I bought it here. And you're going to repair it. I ain't taking no goddamn new, probably, I bet your new, your new bubble blowers are made fucking in Japan, aren't they? Right? Right? Made in Japan? Piece of shit bubble blowers? Okay, uh-uh. My bubble blower was made in fucking Belgium. Nobody makes bubble blowers like the Belgian people, man. Any goddamn bubble blower knows that. Shit. Oh, God. Call... Listen, lady, don't try and threaten me with that police crap. You're going to call the police if I don't calm down. You have, you know that I know my legal rights. Are you kidding? You think I'd be in here if I didn't? Your store guarantees the products that it sells, and it offers in advertising that you put in your paper every day. 
that you stand 100% behind your products and will either return the purchase price or repair the item. I choose the repair of my bubble blower as agreed to in the common law about advertising in our papers. Now, I don't want to have to take you to court over this bubble blower, but my bubble blower is a spiritual bubble blower of extreme importance. And I want it glued back the fuck together. <laughs> I will not accept a cheap Japanese glossed over piece of crap bullshit bubble blower. Right? Now, here it is. And I want it back in 10 days. If I come back to this goddamn McCroy piece of shit store and my bubble blower is not the fuck repaired, I will cut your goddamn throat. <laughs> don't, don't fuck me with my bubble blower. Sorry about that. I thought I had to float. Um, I'll play you an excerpt of something much rougher that he did. Uh, this is <laughs> this is this is um, called "Fight It Out," and and I, I just want to make a disclaimer that that nobody gets off. I, you know, I'm going to just throw it in the middle because it's a long piece, and we're not going to you know we're just going to hear an excerpt. But if it if it lands on some ethnic group of which somebody here is is represented, everybody gets slammed in this thing, so it's, it's, it's really intense. You take a Mexican, take a damn nigga, take a spick and a greaser and a chinko, be sure you get to India. Get you Mickey, a Jew, and a hippie, yeah. Take Mexican, your nigga, your Jew, and your chinko, Indian, your pinky, and your pinko. I say get the niggas and the chinko. Kick out the pinkos. Get the Indians and the hippies. And the poles. Get the damn niggas. Get the Jews. Get the Polacks. And get the hippies. Get all the Mickeys. The blokes, the crowded wildies, slant eye greasers, and wimpy Mexicans. Get the hippies, get the damn niggas. I say get the Jews, but especially get the damn niggas. Get the niggas, get the Jews. Get the Polacks, get the Wimpies, get the Mexicans, 
get the hippies and you get them all in one big bunch. I say we get them all in one big area. We get them all kind of in one big area. We got the hippies, the Mexicans, the Indians, the Mickeys, the Jews and the hippies and the niggers and the slant eyes and the waffles and the greasy slickies and the blokies, the krauts, the spanishes, all them dark motherfucking oriental waffle bastards, all them Korean slant eyed flap faces, all them Eskimo round pumpkin pie looking people. You take every goddamn one of them, I say we get them in all in one big damn area. I think you ought to give them, I'd even like to see them, I'd like to see them just fight it fucking out with clubs and guns and knives and shit. I'd like for just to be chains and bazookas and grenades free for everybody. I say have a kind of a giveaway program where you just give away chains, knives, ice picks, straight razors, bottles, brick bats, baseball bats chains and big kind of slanted jagged looking things and I say you just give away guns you give away shotguns pump action give away all your automatic shotguns and all your over and under models and give away all the double barrels give away all the goddamn pistols you got give away side loaders and automatic clip loads and shoot them backs and Saturday night specials and big cold 45s and musket loaders I could give them all away you got a store where you can just come up and you get any kind of damn thing you want. You also kind of got a knife department over there where you got every kind of thing there is to cut and slash with and you give them away. I'd like to see them everyone just come on and get them. I'd like to see the damn Indians and the niggas fighting it out. I'd like to see the damn Mexicans fighting it out with the Puerto Ricans. I'd like to see the damn niggas Fighting it out with the whites. I want to see the Mickeys fighting it out with the blokies. Needless to say, his career in New York quickly sank. <laughs> and he was, he really, I mean, it, and, 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 and the record Learning to Count is much more like that, him kind of adopting these voices of Southern crackers. Um, he was kind of drummed out of New York and, and, uh, and, and now continues to uh, have a marginal practice in Tallahassee. But, uh, you know, it's, it's intense stuff. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of, kind of, um, kind of ground this stuff a, a little bit historically as well to say that I think that the history of... Uh, of modernism really is the history of madness. You know, it's like san san sanctioned madness. Um, and, you know, in a sense, like institution, you know, institutional in terms of uh, academic certified madness as opposed to institutionalized madness. And, you know, if you hear something like Kurt Schwitters, I mean, it really is, you know, the Ursonata is Schwitters completely insane. Teile seiner Sonate mit Urlauten. I mean, it's insane. Or Artaud, you know, the great, the great theatrical genius of our time is, is, is just doing nothing but, but screaming. Let's go, 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 let's go
You know, Joyce reading Finnegan's Wake. Well, you know, don't you, Kenneth, or haven't I told you, every telling has a tailing, and that's the he and the she of it. Look, look, the dusk is growing. My branches lofty are taking root, and my cold chair has gone ashly. And certainly Gertrude Stein. Talking about, you know, what shows up later in this uh, talk is a lot of repetition. Well, you've already heard a lot of repetition, but Stein, you know, is, you know, is the queen of repetition. Extracts from the Making of Americans. Repeating then is in everyone, in everyone their being and their feeling and their way of realizing everything and everyone comes out of them in repeating. More and more then everyone comes to be clear to someone. Slowly everyone in continuous repeating to their minutest variation comes to be clearer to someone. Everyone, whoever was or is or will be living, sometimes will be clearly realized by someone. Um, if I'm going to play just a couple of seconds now from, from a piece by Hugo Ball from 1916 called Caravane, which is, means car, uh, caravan. Caravane. Caravane. Bambla. Oh, and the next thing I'm going to play is, is a uh, cover of that Hugo Ball poem that we just heard done by Marie Osmond <laughs> from a uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not uh, show where she was doing a little bit of sound poetry. This is Marie Osmond doing Hugo Ball's Caravane from 1916. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? On, 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 <laughs> on national TV. Um, more historically, um, this, is, um, the, uh, this is a picture of the performer Christian Book, uh, who, who is, has the world's record for doing the uh, fastest version of Kirchfitter's Ursonata. He does sort of rock and roll versions of modernist pieces. And we're going to listen to him performing this score. And you can actually follow along with it right here. Well, how do I get rid of that? Go away. Uh, right here is, is the actual text. And uh, Christian does, you know, kind of new rock and roll versions of, uh, of some of these old sound poems. So this is Ubu Hubbub. Gluttonous kettle drum, cumbersome gummy bears of bourbon. Bungee jump, dung beetle, jumbo jets, a jamboree of wombats, jabberwock, lumberjack, jelly beans of Belgium. Ubu bamboos, amigod, bombardier, ass, bazooka, boom, kazoo, kazoo, height, ink, poodle, nink, poop, no gazebos, go berserk. Ubu Buddha Ubermensch, Druminar Ovi Zovo, Bells above, Booby Traps, Scuba Gear, Juggernaut of Buck. 
here it is. Okay, sorry. Um, we're next going to hear a poem by Man Ray, and this is called Lautedicht, which means sound poem. And what Man Ray did was he took the um, he took a, a, a poem and just just crossed out the entire uh, all the words, and it's a score that's never been realized before. Now, many of you, I'm sure, know the great performer Jaap Blanc, a Dutch sound poet. Uh, some <laughs> a couple of wonderful photos of Jaap. Um, and we're going to hear Jaap uh, doing an uh, interpretation, the first interpretation ever of um, this piece <laughs> by <laughs> Man Ray called Lautedicht. And I'm, you, I'm, we're going to just listen to the first uh, stanza. And you can follow along with my, with my cursor. Yap and I performed that. Uh, we did a sound poetry festival together in in um, in uh, Beyond Baroque in L.A. And afterwards, at a uh, very fancy uh, home in Pacific Palisades, it was a reception for all the sound poets. And so Yap and I decided to do a spontaneous uh, performance of that, each holding up the score, standing across each other from the pool, and we just started going, ah, you know, uh, uh, following the score. And it turns out that people became very very curious. Walked over. It turns out shortly thereafter the cops came because the house is next to Oprah Winfrey's. <laughs> and Oprah, Oprah's security people got nervous. So, so we were <laughs> told to shut up. Um, I don't know if anybody saw the um, um, New York Times yesterday, but in the style section there was a... Uh, piece on Andy Warhol and how Warhol has become uh, ever more um, uh, prophetic. Um, I think that Warhol was autistic. And I will now play a, a very rare audio piece by him, um, accompanied by some slides of, 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 of uh, Warhol that is going to prove my point. This is from an uh, interview um, that, well, Warhol was sat down and asked to write a letter to Man Ray, and I thought it went kind of well with the, with the Man Ray sound poem. Um, he was asked to spontaneously improvise a, uh, an audio letter to Man Ray. And, um, well, this is, uh, 
This is Andy Warhol in 75. What am I to talk about? What? Talk about what? Nobody told me what to talk about. Oh, I'm, you mean writing a letter to Man Ray? Yes, something Man Ray. Oh. Uh, Man Ray was this wonderful person that, uh, that uh, Luciana, Luciana Anselmino introduced me to. And he was uh, really cute. And uh, the only thing I can really remember is his uh, toilet. Because on his toilet he had uh, this stocking. And, uh, it was just so great because it was, it was the only toilet I ever knew that had a covering on it. And uh, the, his place was so cold, but he was so rich. And, uh, and it looked like a little tenement, but it was next door to the uh, Rich's house in Paris. And he was really cute. He took a picture of me and I took a picture of him. And then he took another picture of me and I took another picture of him. And he took another picture of me and I took another picture of him. And he took another picture of me and I took another picture of him. And he took another picture of me and then I took one of him. And then I took one of Dino and then Dino took one of me. And then I took one of Dino again. And then Dino took another one of me and Man Ray. And then Man Ray took one of me and Dino. And then Dino took another one of Man Ray and me. And then I took one of Luci Luciano, and then Luciano took one of me, and Man Ray. And then Man Ray took one of uh, me, and Dino, and Luciano. And I think his wife got in this time. And then, then he took a picture of Fred Hughes, and then he took a picture of me again, and I took another Polaroid of him. And then we had the Super X, the camera 70, Super 70X. And and then I took one of, um, uh, then I took another picture of Man Ray, and then I took another one of Man Ray, and I took another one of Man Ray, and then I took another with my, uh, uh, with my funny camera. What's it called, the funny camera? It's called the, uh, the portrait camera. And so I took another one of Man Ray, and I took another one of Man Ray, and I took another one of Man Ray. And then I think he signed one, one of them, and then I took another one of Man Ray. I took another picture of Man Ray, another Polaroid portrait of Man Ray, and another Polaroid portrait of Man Ray, another Polaroid portrait of Man Ray. And then another Polaroid portrait of Man Ray, and then I took another Polaroid portrait of Man Ray, and then I took another Polaroid portrait of Man Ray. And then I took another portrait and then I think he took another portrait of me and then he signed that one for me and I put it in my my brownie shopping bag and then I had to go back and look at the toilet seat again because it was the best thing in the apartment and uh, if Luciano really loved me he'd get me the toilet seat It's like Warhol is Rain Man, <laughs> you know? Um, um, I want to just play a really quick excerpt from, um, from Billy Whitelaw doing um, Samuel Beckett's Not I, because I think it falls squarely into this turf of, of complete insanity. Um, again, that, that sort, of, sort of nutty uh, modernist thread manifesting itself in the Nobel Prize. <laughs> Thank you. 
I mean, it really is one step away from Jim Roach. You know, that's a, a guy who won the Nobel Prize. So, um, this is a uh, cut by uh, somebody named Lil Markey, and then I'll show you some video of Lil Markey. October 2nd. Today, my life began. My parents do not know it yet. I am as small as the pollen of a flower, but it is I already. I will be a boy. I will have blonde hair and blue eyes. Nearly everything is settled already. October 19th. I have grown a little, but I am still too small to do anything by myself. My mother does everything for me, although she still does not know that she is carrying me under her heart. But I am a real person, just as a crumb of bread is still real bread. My mother exists, and I do too. October 23rd. My mouth is just now beginning to open. Just think, in a year or so, I'll be laughing, or later I'll start to talk. My first word will be, Mama. October 25th. Today my heart began to beat. It will beat softly for the rest of my life, never stopping. After many years, it will tire and stop, then I shall die. November 2nd. I am growing continually. My arms and legs are taking shape, but I must wait a long time before these tiny legs will raise me to my mother's arms. November 12th. Tiny fingers are beginning to form on my hands. How small they are. One day I'll stroke my mother's hair and tell her how nice she is. November 20th. Only today the doctor told my mother that I'm living here under her heart. How happy she must be. Are you happy, mother? November 25th. Today is Thanksgiving. My mother and father are probably thinking about a name for me. And they don't even know that I am a little boy. So they are probably calling me Barbara. <laughs> but I want to be called Andy. I am growing so big. December 10th. My hair is growing. It is as bright and shiny as the sun. I wonder what kind of hair my mother has. December 13th. My eyes are almost fully developed, although the lids are still shut. When Mother brings me into the world, it will be full of sunshine and overflowing with flowers. I have never seen a flower, you know, but more than anything, I want to see my mommy. How do you look, mommy? 
December 24th. I wonder if my mother hears the delicate beat of my heart. Some children are born with sickly hearts, and then the gentle fingers of the doctor performs miracles to make them healthy. But my heart is healthy. It beats so evenly. Tup, 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 tup. You shall have a healthy son, mother. December 28th. Today, my mother killed me. And, and now, I'll show you some film, uh, a film clip of, of Little Marky. Some of us a little more fearfully than wonderfully. But the fact is, we've been made by God in His love and in His image. And Little Marky and I will sing a very special song. I've been fearfully, wonderfully made. I will praise you, for I am fearfully made. All my days you planned for me. And I'll always be a sacrifice of praise, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. When I was made in secret, you saw me yet informed. You planned my days long before I knew them. You hear and understand me, you know my every thought. Your skillful hand has made me who I am. I will praise you, for I am fearfully made. All my days you planned for me And I'll always be a sacrifice of praise For I am fearfully and wonderfully made When I was made in secret You saw me in a form You planned my days long before I knew them You hear and understand me <laughs> You know by every thought Your skillful hand has made me who i 
eyes of praise, crying fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, the sound, the sound kind of blew on that, but, but normally it's a, uh, well, but you got the idea, isn't it? So this guy named Mark Fox, who is who, uh, also known as Lil, Lil Marky. Um, the, the whole uh, Lil Marky record, which is just deeply disturbing from start to finish, uh, can be downloaded on the uh, WFMU blog at WFMU.org. You just follow links to the blog. And also, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's just so strange that, you know, for years we've been playing Lil Marky on FMU and... And suddenly last year, that little piece of video emerged, much to everybody's delight. <laughs> this is, a, this is a, uh, uh, an excerpt from a guy who is just completely um, obsessive, compulsive, and he sings pop songs. And this is completely unscripted. It's 20, I'm not going to play 20 minutes of it. It's just very, very... Uh, I'll just play a little excerpt of it. It's a guy named Ed Schneider from Canada. The only thing we know about him that he is that he is now dead. Thoughtful. <laughs> Melvin Laird. I'll see you later. Melvin Laird. I'll see you later. Melvin Laird, I'll see you later. Now this next song, I'm gonna set the JD in. This next song does not reflect on this specific station at all, but on a few others. I was tuning in the light of the late night dial, doing anything my radio advised. With every one of those late night stations bring songs soon, tears to my eyes. I was seriously thinking about hiding the receiver when the switch broke cause it's old. They're saying things that I can hardly believe, they really think we're getting out of control. Radio is a sound salvation, radio is screaming up the nation. They say you better listen to the voice of reason. But they don't give it any choice cause they think that it's treason. So you better do as you were told, you better listen to the radio. About me, I see the states across this big nation. I see the laws made in Washington D.C. I think of the ones I consider my favorites. I think of the people that are working for me. Some civil servants are just like my loved ones. They work so hard and they try to be strong. And it goes on and on and on in that same complete, completely insane manner. He's, I, I, it, was done, it was done somewhere in Canada. I, I know absolutely, it came from file sharing. I know absolutely nothing about it um, or about him. Other than there's another, there's a couple of other tracks by Ed Schneider's around. Uh, there's one called Motors and Such where it's just him for 45 minutes imitating the sounds of like race cars. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, and then there's another one where he does uh, about 20 minutes of, of, uh, of commercials. Um, from from you know from television commercials, singing jingles and stuff. I mean, it's absolutely insane. 
They have here a cut from uh, Baruch Glasgow. This is a guy from uh, Brooklyn who uh, does sort of um, uh, uh, karaoke over old records. It's a whole, whole LP of uh, Baruch Glasgow doing these things. against presidents, you left me from honor camper to orgone biker, Since that time I've you call so yourself Baruch, I don't now like you anymore, you're not the same Eddie my love. been gone. The very next day, might you be call my yourself Baruch. Please, Eddie, I don't like you anymore. You're not the same, Eddie, my love. It's just the tip of the iceberg. I think you can actually find that on, on the blog at FMU as well. There's, there's lots of that. This is from a, uh, a record uh, called Music Therapy for the Developmentally Handicapped. And, yes? Uh, I was wondering if at some point you would be able to hear Ooh, I Need Your Hands. Is that the sound? Sure. I, I th if, you know, if you see anything, I'm, I'm just skipping around the playlist, but if you see anything that, I take requests. Sometimes there are things that people want to. Yeah, okay. I'd, let me just play this, though. This is really really very moving and very, very, very strange sounding. This is uh, from a record that Falkways put out called Music for the Developmentally Handicapped, and it's, a, it's music therapy for, for um, retarded kids. And it's a woman, she now works at um, NYU, running the uh, music therapy department named Edith Hillman Boxhill. You know that they Love you more. 
it's a, my favorite version of a song that I'm not particularly fond of. There's a, there's a, there's a really an, an amazing um, record by um, a group from Japan called Gyates, G-Y-A-T-E-E-S. Um, and they're, um, it's, it, they're retarded say-so monks who are, who are greatly revered. And it's like a, 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 a long jam band thing that they do that is absolutely incredible along similar lines. Um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the phenomena of mic and track. Some version of Windows, when you would make a recording, it would be generically labeled mic and track. And for some reason, on certain operating systems, um, it would put these, place these home recordings into the shared folder for Napster. And so what you have are these kind of tons and tons of, of, um, of home recordings that, 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 that ended up uh, out on Napster, um, unbeknownst to their users. And you used to, on Napster, just be able to do a search for mic and track. And I can just play a few uh, wonderful things that have, uh, that have, that have emerged. Brrr. The school, she is closed. It is a snowy day. Brrr. Snow, lots of it, lots of snow. Better use these handcuffs and whatnot before your uh, girlfriend runs away again. If it tapes me, and if it tapes Brian, say a word, Brian. Why, thank you, that sounded very nice. Would you like to say another word? Well, that was cute, too. Can you sound like an elephant? I do not like to eat chicken pot pie. I pooped my pants. I played with my bowels. I lost control. Oh, baby, baby. Oops. I need depends. My problem is this. I can't hold my piss. Oh, baby, baby. Oops. I played with my owls. I'm not that innocent. Sometimes when I get nervous, I stick my hands in my armpits. My stuff like this. It's gross. It's gross. And then I stick my ears, my hands, my ears, and I lick it, roll it up, and then I click it. Thanks. There are vast repositories of Mike and Tracks collections um, on on the web. Um, the Evolution Control Committee uh, site. Uh, uh, evil, evolutioncontrol.org or something. I, uh, anyway, on, on Mark uh, Gunderson's site, there's, there's a, a wonderful collection of well-curated uh, things. So here's another mic and track, the typical Nirvana fan. What? It's too loud. Me desire to challenge is to feed the truth, to sell the short, just the short, that's all it says, to dig me up, how long, 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 how long
If you're changes, here we are now Entertain us, understand In your kingdom, here we are now Entertain us, and God of How you shine up, celebration That's from a, from a Japanese uh, a cappella artist named Okaka, who does amazing cover versions of uh, everything from Allman Brothers to uh, Nirvana. And it's a really quite, quite amazing stuff. Oh, this is uh, by a local Chicago artist um, named Chuck Jones. And this is every instance of the word Buffy spoken in uh, the first season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's um he's really obsessed. Chuck Jones, not certainly not the uh, the, the great animator. Uh, he's he's really really obsessed with um, the show Love Line, and so what he does is here's here's uh, all the questions from from an episode of Love Line. Hear an, an excerpt of this. Where were you? Why don't you just? Oh boy. Thirteen. You haven't done any in how long? Brand what about office. like an Al-Anon type situation? Are you doing blow now? Are you are you living out of the house? Are you using any birth control? Are you are you a little bit overweight? Are you an attractive uh, 
white female? Are you on your belly? Are your kids doing okay? I don't know, 13, aren't you a little more elastic or something? Like, can they never hear it? Cars used to have a chemical on them. Did he look like that kid? Did you understand what Drew was saying? Can we go there? Do you, do you have money? Do your parents have money? And how does that work? Uh, do you worry? Does it lock up pretty good? Uh, do you drive a truck? Do you, do you have any friends? Do you stuff the sushi down your pants to get out of there? Do you, do you, can you, does the time pass quickly or does it go slowly? How about uh, Davy Jones from the Monkees? Did he look like that? How did it break up? How come he didn't rape you? How did he do this? How did you steal the sushi? How... <laughs> Uh, uh, he also just, just takes uh, the, the word okay from Loveline. Aha! All right. 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 All right, buddy. Also, excuse me. Good times. 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 Hey, uh, that's true. Mm. Mm. Huh? Huh? I did Who not. Who knows what? Mm. Mm. Of course. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. And, and of course, numbers. Zero. One. 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 Two. 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 Anyway, it goes on and on. Somebody wanted to hear this yesterday. Isolation studies of NPR breathing. I kind of forgot what this is. You know the uh, you know the work of language removal services. Is everybody familiar with that? I have to play one one quick cut of his. It's a guy named Chris Kubik that lives in L.A. and he worked for many years as a film editor uh, for this doing sound for films. And what he began to do was he actually began to re just like that last piece we heard remove the language from speeches of prominent people and by doing so coming up with a pretty accurate portrait of them. I'll just quickly play uh, an excerpt from the William S. Burroughs uh, with his language removed and it really well it really does sound like Burroughs. Um, by the way, the Chuck Jones stuff can all be found on babygorilla.com. It's his website, and there's, there's amazing, just an amazing amount of, of, uh, of great, weird audio work that Chuck did uh, that you can find there. So, can you play a little bit of Marilyn Monroe? What? Can you play a little bit of Marilyn Monroe? Sure. <laughs> He's literally done hundreds of these, and they're, 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 they're just amazing. Those are, you, again, you can find those on his website, I think, uh, languageremovalservices.org. Um, this is one of my favorite things in the world. This is um, a performance artist um, who, in 1995 or 1993, named Lauren Lesko, um, 
made a recording of the inside of her vagina by putting a contact mic in her vagina and walking around. Lauren is no longer in the art world. She just completely vanished. I put that onto a CD. I'm curating a CD called Music of the Body um, for the ICA in Boston. And I had to try, track people down for permission. And Lauren is nowhere to be found. Somebody here would know better than I. A small, just a small mic? Small microphone. I, 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 I assume it was small. <laughs> we have very little details on this piece. And so while we're in, in the vagina, this is, this is a, a, a really weird piece from... from now. I was told la yesterday that it's actually a, a piece of Canadian erotica by Peter Galt and Ray, Amy uh, Raquel. Um, it's very similar in a weird way to Little Marky. I'm from... Vagina. Vagina is where I was born. Vagina was where I witnessed the first moment of life. Then I was taken away from vagina for 17 years until I met my wife, whereupon I happily returned to vagina. After nearly two decades of dependency and complacency, I had lost my vagina again. I was homesick. I wanted my goddamn vagina back. According to my highly personalized understanding of demographics, everyone is from the same province. Vagina! <laughs> the rest of the CD is, is not worth seeking out. This is a really beautiful piece by a Canadian artist named Christophe Migone. Uh, he works out of Montreal, wonderful sound artist. Uh, every time he urinated over the course of a year, he said the word pee, and this is a, uh, all of his uh, urination squeezed into exactly one minute from, from uh, a year. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
And he, Christoph also did did an amazing thing um, with with he put an ad in, in in a paper in Montreal and asked people who were really good at cracking their knuckles um, to come in and make recordings, and then he assembled them into a piece called Crackers. It's a very beautiful CD uh, by Christoph Magone called Crackers. Um, I'm just going to, uh, we're almost done here. Um, I play a piece called Cake by Todd Colby on my radio show a lot. Uh, Todd's a, a New York-based poet. It's a very beautiful um, thing. I've played it so many times over the years that my listeners got to know it really well. So we put out a call for people to do covers of the version of Cake, and I'll play you the original, and then I'll play you some excerpts from some of the, uh, the, the things that came in. This is the original sound file. I'm so full of cake. If I ate any more cake, I'd have to vomit first. Sometimes I'll eat two or three cakes in a single day. I love cake. I can't be any clearer than that. I love cake. I'll eat every cake in New York City. I can't even go into bakeries anymore because I'll eat all the cake. I'll say, where's the cake? Give me the cake. Get the cake. And they say, we know how very much you love cake. And we know that you rarely have the money for any of our cake. So get out of here, because you can't afford our cake. But we know how much you love cake. So get out of here. You can't afford the cake. I'll punch somebody in the head for some cake. Give me all your cake. I love cake. Give me the cake now. I love it. I love cake. Give me your cake. <laughs> okay, so here's, here's, here's one that was sent in from, from a listener, little, little Irving Sendra. I'm so full of cake. If I eat any more cake, I'll have to vomit first. Sometimes I'll eat two or four cakes in a single day. I love cake. I can't be any clearer of that. Yeah. I eat more cake in New York City. And and here's a, a wonderful um, mashup that that a listener did. I'm so full of cake. If I ate any more cake, I'd have to walk. Sometimes I'll eat two or three cakes in a single day. I love cake. Get the cake! Get the cake! I can't even go into bakers anymore because I'll eat all the cake. I'll say, where's the cake? Give me the cake. We know how very much you love cake. Put somebody in the head for some cake. Give me all your cake. I love cake. Get the cake. Get the cake. Put somebody in the head for some cake. 
And it's a guy named Chris Shaw that goes under the name of CCC. He's the guy that, did, that took the Beatles revolver and, and, and turned it into a five minute, uh, uh, the entire album reduced the whole thing into five minutes, just the highlights. So I'm gonna finish um, with, with what I think is my very, very favorite uh, audio piece by an artist named Sean Landers. And, and we'll only have time to hear about five minutes of it. Um, he's, you might know Sean did, um, He's a cartoonist at the back cover of Spin. You know, the, 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 in the 90s, the, he actually had a, a gig doing the uh, cartoons on the back of Spin. Sean is a painter, and, um, well, I'll let Sean speak for himself, because he, let me just say that he believes everything he's saying in this. I am vastly underappreciated as an artist in my time. I have every confidence that in the future, years after I pass away, I will be in the pantheon of great artists. I will stand tall among artists of note throughout history. But for now, in my time, I must deal with the limitations of the people who I walk this miserable planet with. It is my burden, and I accept it. No truly great artist was ever fully realized in their own time. I expect no difference. These are all Sean's paintings. But I want you to know that I know I am truly the greatest artist alive on Earth right now. There is no other artist that even compares to how great I am. <laughs> I submit to you that I am a true artistic genius. No one who makes that claim is considered sane. And I know that as the words left my mouth, the first thought you would have upon receiving them into your ears is that you were in the presence of a true, honest-to-God lunatic. Well, I am not a lunatic. I am brilliant. How often do I have to prove it?
greatness shines from every stroke of my brush. I am not beyond the need for acceptance, for love and respect. While it's true that I occupy great heights, I am lonely. I need you. I need you to like me, to encourage me so that I can go on creating masterpiece after masterpiece into the future. Describing humanity as it is today. There is no one on the planet who can do it as I can. You need me. Wherever I, should, wherever I should walk, all I ask is for you to bow your heads. Bow your heads to acknowledge the greatness of a man. A man so in tune with his species. His every action is poetry. Okay, this goes on for another 20 minutes. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's really wonderful, and Sean really does, does believe it. So anyway, thanks so much for coming today.